This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thanks. We've just had the latest inflation numbers from the UK and prices have risen by 7%. That is their fastest rate for 30 years. But these numbers were expected, weren't they? They were. And um, well, I mean, to a certain extent, they were. I think we, we've seen that we're expecting higher inflation still, and it's not actually expected to peak until April when the, the expectation is that we'll see it rise to around 8.5% as a result of these higher energy bills. The, the price cap lifting in April by 54% is going to have a considerable impact on the uh, the inflation data and also things like national insurance, etc., uh, means that we're probably a month away from the actual peak. But these were still above expectations in terms of this month, and I think that's where the potential surprise does come. We're almost kind of used to it being above expectations. It feels like it's been that way for many months now. But uh, it, the market was forecast for around 6, 6.7% on the headline. It was actually 7 They were forecast for around 5.3% on the annualised uh, core, and it was more like 5.7%. So... This is still a, a kind of negative surprise, I guess. It still indicates a further squeeze on the cost of living at a time when we kind of least need it as a country. Uh, and that, therefore, that could further pressure the economy. It will also grab the attention, of course, of the Bank of England in terms of raising interest rates. We know that they've obviously raised now at three consecutive meetings. And there was an indication, I guess, uh, last month that they were suggesting that they were kind of starting to cool on regard in regards to rate hikes not that they were going to stop per se but there was just an indication that they were maybe looking or at least considering whether uh, many more would be needed or whether they could start to slow the process down because they started it much earlier than many of the others did and this latest inflation data from the uk suggests that this is not a time to be taking the foot off the brake uh, the time this is the time to be continuing uh, to try and slow that inflation data to continue to raise interest rates in the hope that they don't have to do so at a much more aggressive pace later on in the year. And when I'm looking at the markets right now, we're still seeing a rate hike basically priced in at every meeting for the next two, uh, next three or four. So um, it seems that the Bank of England may potentially start to row back a little bit on that kind of cooling talk and continue just this process of gradual rate hikes for the foreseeable future. And these figures come off the back of yesterday's inflation numbers from the United States, which hit a 40-year high. Uh, consumer prices surging by 8.5%. That's the largest annual gain since December 1981. Also, mainly down to those double-digit rises in energy prices. And fuel prices continue to reach new records in the United States. That must have had an effect on US markets yesterday and this is just more of the same isn't it? It was interesting with the US inflation data because whereas I've just said that the UK was above expectations across the board which is something we've become accustomed to what was interesting with the US side and why the markets was given a bit of a, a bit of a boost is the fact that it wasn't really above expectations in fact it was marginally above on the headline and marginally below on the core inflation reading, which I think is something that the markets really did grasp onto, because that suggests the end of a trend that's again been occurring for many months, where the markets have been very much underestimating 
the level of inflation and when, when the markets are underestimating it, then the central bank is certainly underestimating it. But the fact that we're roughly in line suggests that we are starting to plateau and just not just plateau, but also plateau around the time that we were expecting to see that happen already in the US. So this is one piece of inflation data, um, but it's something that the Fed may look at and say, Do you know what, this is obviously far too high and there's obviously a lot of work to be done. And the markets are still pricing in an aggressive pace of tightening over the course of the next few meetings in particular, but really as uh, over the course of the year as a whole. But I think there was some positivity taken away from that data yesterday. If that would have been another above expectations uh, number on both the headline and the core, uh, and the markets were seen to be lagging where the actual economy is right now, then that could have potentially caused a bit of concern and that could have meant that we'd see even more being priced in. But I think there was a little bit of a relief rally yesterday on the back of that. Now, the, the relief rally was paired back later on in the session and it seems that some of the Fed speak may have contributed to that. I think people are still latching onto Lyle Brainard's comments because she's one of the uber doves on the policy committee. Looking at what she said yesterday, I don't think there's too much really which maybe shows some of the kind of sensitivity that we still have in the markets. She did say that there's still upside risks and she did point to uh, the lockdowns in China and the supply side issues that that could uh, cause. She did point to the war in Ukraine uh, and the issues that that could cause in terms of things like food inflation and energy inflation uh, with obviously sanctions on Russia as well. Uh, and they're, they're like upside risks, and maybe that's what the maybe that's what the markets really did kind of uh, latch on to. Um, but ultimately, I don't think there was an enormous change in the tone uh, from Brainard from last week. And maybe again, like I said, this is just showing a sensitivity in the markets. But I think yesterday. The US inflation looked better than what we've seen, for example, from the UK today, even if the numbers we're talking about are higher than what we're seeing in the UK right now. And we've got a raft of uh, central banks with uh, their latest interest rate announcements. And we've already had one, haven't we, from uh, New Zealand? So New Zealand has raised rates by 50 basis points overnight. The market expectation was more like 25 basis points. Uh, this is a country that's dealing with an inflation problem, that's dealing with um house prices which are too high and which is um, now having to kind of get to grips uh, with uh, with the economy and stop a situation whereby the, the economy drastically overheats and requires much more aggressive action. So they've jumped out there with the first 50 basis point rate hike and it looks like they're going to be the first of many. We've got Bank of Canada later on today. They're expected to raise interest rates also by 50 basis points aligned with what the Fed is expected to do in two weeks' time. So it seems that this is the first of a series of 50 basis point rate hikes from various central banks around the world. The one where we may not see it, but we still may see it, but we may not see it as the UK um, because they started this process much earlier. They started back in November, so we've already seen three consecutive rate hikes. So maybe the the part of the MPC there will feel that they don't need to be quite as aggressive as some of these others, which are much further behind the curve. The ECB tomorrow is also not going to be raising interest rates at this point in time. The market is still pricing in around 50 basis points this year um, because inflation is continuing to rise. But the policy committee there is still continuing to push back against the need for that while also tapering their bond buying and laying the groundwork for potential rate hikes further down the road because they still view there is, while inflation is high and energy prices are a massive driver of that, uh, the, the view there is still that things like wage inflation is not that high and therefore this is a sign that underlying inflation in the economy is still relatively contained. So it'll be interesting to see if they maintain that kind of stance tomorrow. But 
other central banks are very much getting to work on getting to grips with inflation, arguably later than they should be, but the process is very much underway. Finally, better news from China, which is starting to ease lockdowns. But of course, this is going to have effect, isn't it, on oil prices? Because one of the reasons that oil and gas have been steady or going downwards in the last few days is because of these Chinese lockdowns, but they're now being eased. Yes, modestly eased. There's still very strict lockdowns um, in certain cities in China and um, in particular uh, Shanghai and uh, we're still going to see that quite strictly enforced. They've they've kind of announced some slight easing uh, alongside uh, those restrictions but how much of a difference that's actually going to make is hard to say. I still think we're still talking about very severe restrictions there. We did see oil prices rise slightly on the back of that yesterday because that had been a source of downward pressure for the oil prices. We know that this is an extremely tight market, but also China is obviously the world's one of the world's largest consumers of oil. I think it's the world's largest importer of, uh, of crude oil as well. So any sign of major cities there going into six very strict lockdowns is obviously going to have a big impact on consumption. So the kind of demand side of the equation there was providing some relief for oil price. We actually saw it dip below $100 briefly, but that was to be short-lived. So these, these, these signs, I guess, more, more so than the actual easing of restrictions that we've seen announced so far, a sign that while the no zero COVID policy is still very much in place in China, they are also... They also have one eye on the economy, which is something that we didn't necessarily see over the last two years, but we haven't seen an outbreak of this kind. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Have a good day. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.